Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. Join me, Hillary Kirkendall, Wedgwood's Marketing and Communications Coordinator, as I sit down for conversations with the amazing people who work at, learn from, and grow through our grace-filled residential care, counseling services, and community programs. Grab your cup of coffee or tea and enjoy experts sharing their insights on the challenges people are facing and stories of hope, healing, and transformation. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. I'm really excited about today's Coffee Break Conversation. It was a very special opportunity to have a unique then and now conversation. Insights on the founders' hearts and vision for the organization and how those values are still interwoven into how Wedgwood operates today. A lot can change in 63 years, but the core of Wedgwood's mission has really persisted. And that, I think, is what makes Wedgwood such a special place, especially for our guest today. We have a very special Coffee Break conversation for you today. I am joined by not one, but two guests this episode. Kaylee Jackson is the therapist in our Human Trafficking Residential Program. She also serves on the agency's Strategic Directions Team and Wedgwood's Diversity Committee. Dick Gritter served as Wedgwood's executive director for 33 years, from 1968 to 2001. He was instrumental in laying the foundation for the excellent organization Wedgwood is today and was instrumental in helping bring the founder's vision for a distinctively Christian, professionally excellent agency to life. Thank you so much for being here. Good to be here. Thank you. Wonderful to be back at home at Wedgwood. (laughs) So, Dick, let's go back to the early years of Wedgwood. Uh, We were founded in 1960, and you had the opportunity to get to know the founders of our organization, and you were able to hear from them their vision that they had for the agency. What were some of the core values for Wedgwood back then? Yeah, when I started working here uh, in January of of 1968, the the founders were still alive, well, active. Some of them were still on the board, Mm -hmm. and I had the opportunity to talk with them quite a bit about what was in their hearts, what they aspired to, what they were dreaming about, what their vision was. And they were very clear that they wanted this to be a Christian agency. They didn't have it really fleshed out in terms of exactly what they meant by that, but they, uh, I think it came from, you know, concern for the widow and the orphan, extending mm-hmm. mercy in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, and hoping that some of these kids would come to the Lord and, and become Christians, of course. And uh, but they and they also, especially a few of them, were really interested in in uh, Wedgwood becoming and remaining a truly professionally strong organization as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what they talked about pretty openly with me, and I got to know them really well. And that's uh, what we try to be faithful to over the years: truly Christian, truly professional, and uh, and I think the whole diversity effort and kind of flowed from that. Mm -hmm. I can speak to that. Yeah. So in more recent years, more and more organizations and businesses have a better understanding in the value and importance of diversity. But um, like you said, pretty early on in Wedgwood's history, diversity was one of our core values. Um, What did it mean to the founders and how Wedgwood operated as an organization? I don't think the founders actually thought very much about diversity. Uh, Um, as a matter of fact, when I started working here, um, we only had one girl in our program at the time who was a uh, African-American girl, and we had uh, zero staff. The entire staff was made up of uh, white, uh, wonderful, caring people, 
But I've often thought about that girl who must have felt like she was in a foreign country, you know, mm -hmm. uh, be completely surrounded by white people who were trying to do their best to understand her. And But I, I didn't know very much at the time, to, to be honest with you, but I knew we had to do better than mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but diversity started happening a little bit later. Uh, we, we knew that if we were going to be a Christian agency, it had to mean something. It couldn't be just words. Mm -hmm. We had to, um, so we started talking about what does it mean to be a Christian agency? Many of those conversations took place in this room, by the way, <laughs> many of them. And uh, we talked a lot about, uh, well, if we're going to minister in Christ's name, we talked about Psalm 8.1, you know, Lord, O oh Lord, how excellent is thy name or how majestic is your name. And uh, so if we're going to do ministry, we need to try to do it really well. Mm -hmm. Not schlucky, not, right. not a poor job, but... We need to do it well in a way that brings honor to his name. That was one of the things that we talked about. We talked about how Jesus wanted us to love him and love each other. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And then we kind of, diversity started flowing from that kind of a conversation, uh, our concern for diversity. And he didn't say love each other if, if it's a person of the same color or racial background, cultural background. Love each other, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was a commandment. And it wasn't an option. And um, so we talked more and more about it. Eventually, uh, we hired a, a, a gentleman. His name was Charlie Selman, Jr. He was a master's, had his master's in social work. And he started uh, working as a therapist here, initially with girls. And, uh, and he was good. He became the program administrator for the Kentwood campus. And that was a first big move in that direction. And, uh, and then, you want me to continue with that or you want to... Come back to it. Right? Yeah. I mean, you've talked about what it means like for our values, but how did you see diversity interworking into how we operated as an organization? Uh, gradually. Yeah. Uh, a big point came where I was invited along with some other community leaders, the chief of police for Grand Rapids and head of the school board and uh, uh, some top banker. We were all invited to go to a uh, uh, session of the Institute for Healing Racism mm, that was mm -hmm. up at Gaylord, Michigan, at a ski resort. And uh, we spent two days, and it was transformative. For me personally, I had never heard about white privilege and, uh, and didn't realize how narrow my view. I had grown up in a very sheltered environment, a loving environment, a Christian environment, God-honoring. But diversity had never even really crossed my mind. My dad had some African-American friends, and so it was not uncommon for to have uh, people of color in our home when I was growing up, but really. So when I came back from that, I knew that if we were going to be a Christian agency in more than name only, we had to address mm -hmm. this. And, uh, and thankfully, we had some people who were and then before very long, Pastor Arlen Palmer mm -hmm. became part of our program, part of our team, one of my favorite people. And he and some others uh, in our uh, human resource department, Dan Wieringa was our director of human resources at that time. He deserves a lot of credit because he really got in, threw himself into it. Michelle DeBee worked in that department. She did as well. And uh, it was a gradual thing. And we started um, hiring people and uh, who were people of color and of different uh, racial and cultural backgrounds, a few of them initially. I think uh, P. 
people like Marie Brown and mm-hmm. and uh, is Marie still with us? She yes, is. she is. She's Kaylee's supervisor. <laughs> that's my that's my other half. <laughs> uh, give my love to Marie. Bless her heart. And uh, Sid Harvey and. Uh, there were some wonderful people. Mm-hmm. It just started coming together, you mm-hmm. know. It was gradual. It flowed from the vision of the founders, but it took time for it to develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, and I've heard from several people when talking about why they do what they do and why diversity is important here at Wedgwood. So many people talk about how it comes from just the call to love your neighbors. And yeah. when we talk about diversity in that sense, it feels like a no-brainer to me. Like, why wouldn't we do what we can to love our neighbors and make sure that everyone feels accepted and valued and heard? So I love that. That's how it started for you as yeah, well. It did. And I think it's pretty unique the way it developed at, at Wedgwood. Uh, a lot of our sister agencies uh, couldn't figure out what was going on here at Wedgwood. They knew something was changing. And they it made us a much better organization. We, we did it because it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It was a Christian thing to do. And, and as we went along, we started finding it also made us a much better organization, mm-hmm. a much more effective ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen to it all. Amen. <laughs> so, Kaylee, you are a more recent addition to Wedgwood's team. Um, how do you see these values like diversity lived out here at Wedgwood today? Oh, my goodness. Uh, In a variety of ways. I first start with clients. I think about how we model diversity for our clients, and then that leads to them asking more questions. They are wanting to know how they can understand people of not only different races, but age, sex, socioeconomic status. They're learning that diversity is just what makes us different. Mm -hmm. It's not just our color. Mm -hmm. It's everything that makes us different from the person next to us in the room. Um, And so us as staff being very diverse and being willing to welcome the conversation, we are seeing clients ask about it more and we're seeing them learn how to problem solve with people who are different from them. Mm -hmm. They are learning that out in the world there are injustices happening and they want to then in turn advocate for that. Um, So I think because we hold diversity close to us as a value, in turn we're teaching our clients to have Mm -hmm. that as a value. Mm -hmm. I think it's just awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, Do valuing, prioritizing, and committing to diversity, equity, and inclusion have an impact on the services we provide and the outcomes that we see? Absolutely. I think of this term psychological safety, when that means to be able to express ourselves and to feel like we can show up as our whole self without the other person judging us. Mm -hmm. And so when we feel psychologically safe, we feel that because we are different from the person next to us, it doesn't matter, then they're not going to judge us. Um, We feel like we can express our ideas. We feel more welcome to problem solve and to talk about things that are dear to our heart. And so in turn, we are seeing people want to stay around longer, whether that be staff longevity or even clients talking about high satisfaction rates because of our services. Mm. They felt heard while they were here. Mm. They felt safe while they were Mm. here. And they felt that they could show up as themselves and no one would turn them away. And I imagine kids coming from pretty tumultuous backgrounds, just feeling heard has got to be really impactful. Yes. And... uh, A lot of our clients, honestly, um, without us, they may not have had the courage to tell that story. Mm -hmm. They may not, they otherwise may not have had someone make them feel safe and that story would have gone unheard. And so it's very powerful to think that just the act of being diverse welcomes individuals to feel safe and to feel heard and to feel like they can heal. Um, Diversity is very key in making disciples. And so understanding that when we are a diverse organization, we are making more connections um, and we are just 
more innovative and overall it's making us a better organization as dick said yeah. mm-hmm. music to my ears yeah. <laughs> as wedgwood as an agency started to incorporate more diversity focused efforts in um, our business practices did you start to see um, some changes in outcomes as well I, I think we did we we measured outcomes uh, uh, measured the, our success rate in working with clients, and and uh, it it did improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we could see it. Uh, I wish I could remember a little more about mm-hmm. that, but definitely uh, it made a difference. By the time I retired, I believe uh, about thirty percent of our I have no idea what it is today, but about thirty percent of our clientele was made up of uh, primarily African Americans, maybe a few uh, people of uh, Latino uh, descent or ex- uh, you know background, but thirty um, percent. And I think by that time, our when I retired, eighteen uh, percent of our staff. So that was a uh, from zero to eighteen mm-hmm. percent was, uh, which is about seventy-eight or eighty people, I believe. Mm-hmm. By that time, we were. Had a staff of over 500 at that time when I retired, so uh, it was progress, and it was measurable, it was observable, yeah. and it was fun to be part of. Mm. Um, as a community, what do you both think that we can do to prioritize diversity in our own lives and advocate for equity and inclusion in the mental health and behavioral health space? Mm. I think it starts with taking a personal inventory. Mm. You have to first identify it as a problem before you can address it as one. So look internally first. Ask yourself, what things may you be unconsciously doing that may be adding to the problem? We all have biases. We all hold stereotypes. Um, and the issue is not that we hold those. The issue is that we don't address them. And mm-hmm. so we're all born that way. Um, we, Because of our culture, because of our backgrounds, we have assumptions um, that just come unconsciously. But what we can do is address them. When we notice them coming up, ask ourselves, why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. Ask ourselves what we can do to address that and how the person on the other side may feel. I think it starts there. Mm -hmm. And then as a professional or in a workspace, I think about treating someone as an individual, showing up as that person-centered, allow the person on the other side, you're the expert of your own life, not me. And so allowing Dick to tell his story to me without me assuming that I already know. And when those stereotypes come up, because they will, check them Mm. so it doesn't become a recurring issue. Mm. Well said. I can't really add very much to that. She said it better than I can. But I, I know that it has been transformative for me uh, to be part of something like this. And to, uh, I was, I, you know, I think a good person. And I thought of myself as a pretty sensitive, kind, thoughtful person. But uh, but I was blind. You know, I had no idea. I'd never heard of white privilege or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Again, the Institute for Healing Racism was very helpful to me because the light went on. I could begin to see some things. Uh, that that weekend that we spent, when I went through that program myself, was just so powerful. Mm-hmm. And we wept when we realized what was happening right before our eyes, mm-hmm. and we didn't even see it. You mm-hmm. know, that's, I think... When we started using the program here, and again, Pastor Ireland, dear friend, love that man, and uh, Loray, Pastor Loray, uh, all the others who are, have been involved in um, carrying that on, and uh, and I can see you've gone way beyond where, what we could almost have hoped for. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, getting back to just briefly to the founders, mm-hmm. I think they would be so pleased to mm-hmm. hear how hard we have worked, you have worked, to be faithful 
to their dream. The dream has taken some different forms and than they thought about or imagined. They couldn't have thought about all of this stuff, but they they were visionaries and they put us on a good direction mm-hmm. and gave us a good base. And uh, and people like Kaylee and the rest of you are building on that today. And thank you. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Kaylee and Dick, thank you both so much for joining me today to talk about this important topic and for the role that you both play in Wedgwood's commitment to and prioritization of diversity, equity, and inclusion. You are a blessing to the kids and the families we serve, this organization, and our community. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are so much more than things organizations need to be sure they address. They are a calling in how we should treat one another, how we should strive to live our lives. Dick and Kaylee are both excellent examples of how truly loving our neighbors and extending God's life-changing love and hope cannot happen without commitment to diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. And Wedgwood is a place where that is lived out. Wedgwood Christian Services is committed to extending God's love and providing exceptional care and support. Head on over to wedgwood.org, that's W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D.org, to learn more about how you can get connected to services, support Wedgwood's mission, or join our team. Connect with us on social media at WedgwoodCS or send us an email at hello at wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.